Welcome to the Saving Grace Adventist Church Sermon Podcast. We pray that you will be blessed by the Word of God. Now we have a, a caption for today. What a Savior. Amen. What a Savior. And, and, and He's so wonderful. You heard it a while ago. I mean, He is so wonderful. And He is more wonderful uh, than my mind can conceive. You understand? I mean, he's more wonderful. So he's so wonderful and more wonderful. What a savior. What a savior. I tell you, oh, God is so wonderful that we are happy to be his children. A bigger amen than that. I mean, come on now. The roof should be gone. And then we had to go look for it. But I'm saying... The, the, you know, the children, <laughs> wonderful, wonderful. And I want you to know something special from practical experience. Uh, there are times when, when you're washing or you, you're there in the kitchen and you notice that the water is not going down in the sink. So something is wrong somewhere. There's something blocking it, huh? Well, I tell you, the saints don't shout too much hallelujahs because there's something blocking it. There's something black in it. Oh, yes. Oh, yes. The same thing is true in the spiritual alley. <laughs> you understand. And so we, we, need, we need to understand that, that when the old account has been settled, it was settled for rejoicing. Come on now. Settled for rejoicing. So rejoice in the Lord. And again, I say rejoice. And don't you ever forget to do that. Because the, the enemy is there saying, keep quiet. <laughs> you know, the devil is saying, keep quiet. Keep quiet. No, you can't keep quiet. Remember the blessed Lord said that if these would keep quiet, the stones will cry out. Amen. I tell you, the inanimate, the inanimate would cry out if the animate won't. You see, the blessed Lord, he, oh, he, he's adorable. I tell you, I mean, and he's so wonderful. So wonderful. Happy to be a child of his. And so, oh, our topic for today, again, what a savior. What a savior. Isaiah, the messianic prophet, in chapter 53, of Isaiah, he made it clear that the blessed Lord came. But um, I want us to understand that this was prophesied because remember some 250, way before it happened, Isaiah said it would. It would, and it happened. Now, when we say, what a savior, it is an exclamation that is joyful and joyous, something that is resident, something that is in the mind, in the soul, a part of the human being, when the person 
with that exclamation, what a savior. And why would one want to exclaim something like that? What a savior. Because in, in deep thinking, this person has come to the realization that something has been done for him yes. of which he is so proud, so pleased, and so happy. Yes. What was it? A substitutionary death. In other words, Jesus took my place. Yes. And because I don't have to die that death, I am happy. Amen. I am happy. And I'm telling you, this is what the blessed Lord wants us to understand. The Sadducees. Remember the Lord dealt with the Sadducees. He dealt with the Pharisees, the Essenes, and he dealt with the scribes. But the Sadducees especially did not believe in the resurrection. Amen. The Sadducees said, well, it's just as it is for today. You just eat, drink, and be merry and, and do what you can for now because there's no hereafter. No hereafter. It's here now. No hereafter. But the Sadducees were wrong. And the blessed Lord wanting to show where their concept was wrong. He remained away from Lazarus four days. Four days. So that what I've said before, oh God is great and all God is divine. And though he may seem to be four days late, because he's divine, he's on time. And then when it seems as if you're down to nothing, then let faith tell you that God is up to something. For no good thing will he withhold from them that walk uprightly. So let everything that hath breath then praise the Lord. And let the redeemed of the Lord say so. So here we have the, the Sadducees watching something happening that they never thought was possible. Lazarus walking in small steps coming out because he was all tied up. Coming out. Coming out of the tomb. I can imagine how, how those folks started going back and Lazarus was coming forward and they're going back. Come to think of it. Lazarus coming out. And the Lord says, loose him. Oh, then, and then he start moving around again. The same Lazarus, you know. Well, the Pharisees saw it, but didn't want to give credit to the blessed Lord either. But the Sadducees were now satisfied. Uh, there is, there is something called life after death. Oh, yes, there's a reality because it has happened. Now I want you to know something. That when the saints there in Asia Minor were so taken up with this Christian experience 
they noticed their loved ones dying. And they came to the apostle and said, we are concerned. Aren't we going to see these folks again? Are we going to have the privilege of meeting with them again? And he said, I wouldn't have your folks to be ignorant concerning those that are asleep, that he sorrow not as those that have no hope. Because if we believe, if we believe that, that Jesus died and rose again, Ah, they that believe in him, the Father is going to bring with him. He's going to bring them. There's going to be a resurrection. You find that in, in, in Thessalonians, 1 Thessalonians chapter 4. And, in, and, and God wants us to understand that there is going to be a resurrection of the dead. And some people are concerned. They, say, they think they're going to die and they're frightened. And then there are others who would say, well, as soon as you die, you're going to be present with the Lord. Now you tell me. So now, why would a person be afraid if as soon as he dies, he's going to be with the Lord? What better place to be than with the Lord? But we understand as children of the Lord that we're going to wait for the call of the life giver. If we are in the grave, we will wait. And we can read that in 1 Corinthians chapter 15, going down from verse 51. Behold, I show you a mystery. We shall not all sleep, but we shall all be changed. In a moment, in the twinkling of an eye, the last trump. For the trumpet shall sound, and the dead shall be raised incorruptible. And we shall be changed. Isn't that something? Amen. That, that's a privilege. That's something that's going to happen to God's people. Amen. So let us fear not as those that have no hope. But let us just keep on saying, what a savior. Amen. I mean, what a savior. The songwriter says, uh, Jesus, you know, he, he's, he's a friend. What a friend. What a savior. Uh, what a savior. Wonderful. And so I want us to know here that the messianic prophet, Isaiah, he wants to know who hath believed our report. In other words, that question, who hath believed our report, in verse 1 of, of chapter 53, who hath believed our report. In other words, if that report has been believed and digested, then there should be that springing up of joy, Amen. that anticipation of, of that joyous experience. Yes. So the question is, who hath believed our report? And to whom is the arm? Of the Lord revealed. The arm of the Lord. Or the means by which he accomplishes the plan of redemption. 
who has come to know of this? Who? Is it resident in, in, in the heart, in the cranium of, of, of existing people that, that truly God has made a way of escape where we can be glad, I mean happy about? And so the blessed Lord wants us not to exist as people without hope. Amen. And, and the Bible calls it uh, reprobates. Reprobate. It simply is talking about those who have no thought about the plan of redemption. That's what it means. And so we can't exist like that. Because the blessed Lord, this communion service reminds us that the substitutionary death has power. There's power. Wonder, working power. In the blood. In the blood. The blood has a strong detergent to wash away every guilty stain. Wonder working power in the blood. And so who hath believed or report unto whom the arm of the Lord reveal? For he shall grow up before him, before him. Remember, he shall grow up before him, before the Lord as a tender plant, as a root out of a dry ground. He hath no form nor comeliness. You see, that's how, that's how he appeared to the folks around. And when we shall see him, there is no beauty that we should desire him. Was despised and, and rejected of men. Is despised. Come to think of it, he's a, all the time he was around, despised. And, and, and so, the prophet is putting it now in the present tense. He's saying that he is despised and rejected of men. A man of sorrows and, and acquainted with grief. And we hid as if it were our faces from him. He was despised and we esteemed him not. Surely he had borne our grief and carried our sorrows. Yet we did esteem him Stricken, smitten, smitten of God Amen. and afflicted. In other words, what they are saying here is that in Palestine, among the Pharisees, the custodian of the truth, they say, among the Pharisees, they believe that what happened to Jesus was because he had committed sin. Yeah, that's why the text says, stricken of God and afflicted. You know, he was smitten. Smitten. Got a good lashing. Because he had committed sin. That's how they felt. But our Bible tells us that he, he didn't have any sin but that he was wounded for our transgression. He was bruised for our iniquity. And the chastisement of our peace was upon him, and with his stripes we are healed. All we like sheep have gone astray. We have turned every one to his own way. And the Lord hath laid on him 
the iniquity of us all. He was oppressed and he was afflicted. Yet he opened out his mouth. He's brought as a lamb to the slaughter. And as a sheep before her shearers is dumb. So he opened not his mouth. Come to think of it. Come to think of it. In other words, what a savior. What a savior. And, and, and he, he was taken from prison. Think of it. He was taken from prison and from judgment. And who shall declare his generation? For he was cut off. Out of the land of the living. For the transgression of my people was he, he really stricken. He got it. Got it because he took the sinner's place. He took the sinner's place. Brethren, when we stop to see what's going on, the intervention of our blessed Lord for our soul's salvation, we have, we have what to thank God for. And he made, his, he made his grave with the wicked and with the rich in his death because he had done no violence. Neither was any deceit in his mouth. He, he didn't do anything wrong. Yet it pleased the Lord to bruise him. Why did it please the Lord to bruise him? Let me explain to you why. Ezekiel, in Ezekiel chapter 18 and verse 4, he says, Behold, this is the blessed Lord now. Um, Ezekiel is speaking for the Lord. He said, Behold, all souls are mine. He says, As the soul of the Father, so also the soul of the Son is mine. And he said, the soul that sinneth, it shall die. It shall die. And so we understand here now that something is happening here. Why did it please the Lord to bruise him? Because the law, come on now, could not be changed. Could not be changed. And the law had to be satisfied. In other words, when a person sins, he comes under the condemnation of the law. Under the condemnation of the law. So that if the person is not going to die, then somebody has got to die in his stead. Because the soul that sinneth, it shall die. So here we have the substitutionary death. And, and we're here to commemorate. Amen. I mean, we're here to, to bring it back to life in our mind. Yes. That something has been done on our behalf. So that we, though we were called transgressors some time ago, we are now a people with hope. Amen. Hope. Amen. 
Because of the substitutionary death. What a God. What a Savior. What a Savior. Come on now, folks. Come on. So it pleased the Lord to bruise him. He had put him to grief. When thou shalt make his soul an offering. An offering for sin. Come to think of it. An offering for sin. Shall see his seed. Come on. And he's going to prolong his days too. Amen. And the pleasure of the Lord. Shall prosper. In his hand. The pleasure of the Lord. What's the pleasure of the Lord? To see men and women walk in righteousness. Amen. To walk upright. To walk with him on a daily basis. They have a mindset on willing, intentional obedience Amen. as the days go by. That's the pleasure of the Lord. So it's prosper. In other words, many people are going to become Christians. That's what the text is saying. Many folks are going to become followers of the Lord because they're going to prosper in his hand. Going to prosper. That's why we are here. That's why we're, we're here together as we are. What a God. What a Savior. What a Savior. Therefore, he's going to Give him a portion with the rich. And, and, the, and the blessed Lord, he, he's going to divide, you know, the spoils with, with the strong folks then. Because he had poured out his soul unto death and was numbered with the transgression and bear the sin of many. Come to think of it. And make an intercession for the transgressors. The blessed Lord making intercession for the transgressors. Interceding. Interceding. Paul made that very clear too. Remember? Coming down there in chapter 8 of Romans. Chapter 8. He made mention of that. He made mention of it. We study closely into what the blessed Lord has done for us. And when we do that, it brings joy to our hearts. Joy to our hearts. It says all things work together for good. To them that love the Lord. While we are existing, things are going to happen that we're not going to be very proud about. Amen. We're not going to be happy about. We're not going to be comfortable about. But let's remember that all things work together for good to them that love the Lord, to them that are the call according to his purpose. We get that from Romans 8, 28. And, and we go on down, and there we see, for, for, he said, for whom he did foreknow. I like that. He did predestinate. He did predestinate to be conformed to the image of his son. That he might be the firstborn among many brethren. Come to think of it. The firstborn among 
many brethren. Why? <laughs> Why firstborn? Because listen to me, folks, he didn't sin. He did not sin. And he came back from the grave without sin. He didn't go in with any, and he came out without. Firstborn among many brethren. Come to think of it. And then those who, who are after, who come up after it because of his, his spotless life. And so he got, got the position of firstborn. The one with the right now. He has the privilege, the birthright, firstborn among many brethren. Those of us who made it eventually by his grace. Come to think of it. And then, unlike, he says, whom he, those whom he did predestinate, them he also called. Remember? He called. We are at verse 30. And, 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 and he called the folks now. So, so the blessed Lord has extended the call. And he's calling people to be beneficiaries of the grace of God. Amen. Calling. And he says, whom he called, he justifies. And those whom he justified, he glorified. I like that. It's going to be glory for you. Glory for me. Yes. Glory. glory. What a wonderful Savior. What a Savior. Glory. And then the question is asked, what shall we then say to these things? If God be for us, <laughs> who can be against us? Who? I'm telling you. When we are on the side of God, when we are on his side, we are on the right side. We are candidates for eternity. Amen. Hallelujah. Amen. I mean, what a savior. What a savior. And I can go on and on and then tell you about my Lord because he's so great. I mean, he's so wonderful. But I want you to know something special here today that in 1 Corinthians chapter 15, and there we come to verse 40 and 4. It says something special here. It says there is a natural body, and there is a spiritual one. And so, as it is written in verse 45, so the first Adam was made a what now? A living soul. And the last Adam was made a quickening spirit. Now, I want you folks to see something, a quickening spirit now. Now, anytime you see this, this word quickening, it, it means to give life to. To give life to. And, and in 1 John chapter 4, let's go to chapter 5. 1 John chapter 5 and verse 11. It says in there, and this is the record. Come on now. This is the record. Now, you might be using uh, a different translation. I, I use King James Version. I, uh, I use King James Version. You see? This, <laughs> you see? I use King James Version. You see, this is the record. 
that God has given us eternal life. Come on now. And this life is in his son. This life is in his son. Come on now. Now the quickening spirit. Now remember now, the first Adam was of the natural body, the flesh. But the last Adam, there's no other Adam, no middle one, this is the last one. Which is the blessed Lord, Jesus. You understand? You say, he now is the one with the quickening spirit. The one that gives life. The life everlasting. Life everlasting. And he has the quickening spirit. As a matter of fact, when we come to John chapter 6. John chapter 6 and verse 60 and 3. He says, the spirit that quickeneth. It is the spirit that quickeneth. Come on now. He said, the flesh profiteth nothing. Nothing. But the words that I speak unto you. Oh, yeah, he said, they are spirit and they are life. Come on now. And so with him, with him is life. Life. No wonder. If we go back to, to 1 John and, and, and verse, um, go back there, chapter 4, 5 rather. And, and verse 12, it says, he that hath the son. Now remember, remember the text says, this is the record, that God has given unto us eternal life, and that this life is in his son. And verse 12 says, he that hath the son hath life. Life. And that's what we're after. The, the people who's, who, who worship the Lord today. We look forward to the day when we shall be with him in eternity. Amen. So th th this is, is something that is a true, true, true statement. And a true function. A true reality. I mean, it's real already and it's true again. Amen. Amen. This plan of redemption. Amen. Foolproof. Yes. Our blessed Lord wants us to understand that we can't lose out following him. Amen. We cannot. Amen. We cannot. I want you to go with me now because we, we're coming down to, to an understanding. I want us to understand what's going on. When the folks say some people want to be like a Cleveland, you know, you heard that? Say, oh, but he's not like Cleveland. He can't speak like Cleveland. Oh, he can't speak like Brooks or Pearson. Brethren, the point that every speaker should go after is to be understood. Amen. The Lord, the Lord gives a message to you to give to the people. You don't want to be Cleveland. No, you don't want to be Brooks. You want to be understood. Amen. That's how it is. And, and so today, I want us to be all a people understanding this plan of redemption. Amen. The plan of redemption. And so Romans. Back to Romans. It's a, a good book. The Apostle Paul. Man of experience. Yeah. Why, why would, would, would the Apostle Paul be the kind of person he is? 
Well, I can tell you in Acts chapter 9, he, he was breathing out threatening. All kind of threatening against the people of God. And he was so exasperated that he came to the point, you know, these folks around talking about this Christ, 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 and so forth. And he is a, he's a Judaizer. Let's get rid of these folk talking about this Christ, Christ, Christ. And so he was breathing out threatenings in, in chapter 9 and verse 1. And he went into Damascus to, to, get, to get permission. You know, the kind of permission that he should have. As a matter of fact, he went in there to get the boys, but he went to the priest to get the permission for the priest to give him sanction, give him authority to go and get the folks in, in Damascus and bring them back bound. And what were they going to do with them? Persecute them, of course. So Paul, think of this man now writing to the Romans. Think of him as a beneficiary of the grace of God. Hallelujah. Because when the Lord spoke with him, he says, he said, Saul, he said, why are you persecuting me? And he said, who are you? <laughs> he said, who are you? He said, I'm, I'm, I'm Jesus. I'm, I'm Jesus whom you persecute. But I want you to know it is hard for you to kick against the pricks. In other words, you're not going to profit going against truth. That's what he's telling him. You will never profit going against truth. Amen. So this is the man who is speaking now. This is the man talking about the first Adam. This is the man, come to think of it, you want to tell me that you have done too many bad things that the Lord can't forgive you? Amen. Don't believe it. Don't believe it. You can have the old account settled and rejoice in the blessed Lord. Oh, yes. As a matter of fact, when he was speaking to Timothy, he wrote to Timothy, in fact, and you find it in, in, in 1 Timothy, chapter 1, and verse 15. He says, this is a faithful saying. And it's worthy of all acceptation that Christ Jesus came into the world to save sinners, of whom I am chief. Why would he say that? Mm, because of what he had done. It is said that, that he... he Consented to the stoning of Stephen. Committing murder, so to speak. And, and he said, I am chief of sinners. And like the songwriter said, chief of sinners though I be. Jesus shed his blood for me. Died that I might live on high. Died that I might never die. As the branches to the vine. I am his. And he's mine. Isn't that wonderful? What a savior. What a savior. What a savior. And so back to our Romans chapter 8 and verse 7. We are coming to the end now. And verse 7. He said the carnal mind is enmity against God. And it's not subject to the law of God. Neither can be. Can't be. A carnal mind. Remember the first man? 
The first man, the first Adam is of the flesh. And this, the last Adam is of the spirit. The carnal mind is enmity against God. Why? Because Adam sinned. And because of his sin, we are in this predicament. Come on now, folks. Carnal mind. Carnal mind is enmity. But then when we go down to the next verse, verse 7. It says, so then. Now this is reasoning now. This is good reasoning. So then, they that are in the flesh cannot please God. Cannot please God. Ah, but I like verse 9. Verse 9 says, but ye are not, ye are not in, the, in the flesh, but in the spirit. However, there's a condition. If so be. <laughs> I like that condition. If so be that the Spirit of God dwell in you. Well, what about the other little part of it now? He that hath not the Spirit. He that hath not the Spirit of Christ is none of his. Come on now, folks. None of his. And then verse 10 says, and if the spirit of God be in you, then the body is dead because of sin. But the spirit is life because of righteousness. Isn't that wonderful? And who brought that about? The blessed Lord. The blessed Lord. The blessed Lord. Isn't that wonderful? Remember John 3.16, everybody, everybody, I believe, almost everybody knows John 3.16. God so loved the world, and then on, the under that he says that God sent not his son into the world to condemn the world. Not to condemn folks, but that all through him, the substitutionary death. That all through him, just appropriate, appropriate the death of our blessed Lord on our behalf. And we have it made. We have it made. That through him, through him, we can have eternal life. Our text says, the scripture text that we read a while ago. There at verse 21 of 2 Corinthians chapter 5. He hath made him to be sin for us. The sin offering. He hath made him to be sin for us. The sin offering. That we might be made the righteousness of God in him. Now comes the last verse. Now comes the last verse, folks. Romans. I, I, I like, I just appreciate reading into the writings of the Apostle Paul. Romans chapter 8 and verse 1. And verse 1. 
There is therefore now, uh, brethren. When? I mean, if we confess our sins, he is faithful and just to forgive and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. Remember that one. So now, we are not in the flesh, but, but we're in the spirit. If so be that the spirit of God dwell in us. Now, Romans 8 and verse 1 says, there is therefore now. Now that we are not in the flesh. Now that we are in the spirit, there is therefore now no condemnation to them that are in Christ Jesus. Who walk not after the flesh, but after the spirit. Aren't you glad for that? Would you stand for me and rejoice? Let us pray. You're glad for that? And you want to be a follower of the blessed Lord. Continuing what you started with him. You want to continue today, tomorrow, if the Lord would spare your life. You having inside of your mind that willingness for continued obedience, just intentional obedience. But when the next day comes, you intend to obey him. Intentional obedience. You haven't seen tomorrow yet, but you intend to obey him tomorrow. Because there is therefore now no condemnation to them that are in Christ Jesus, who walk not after the flesh, but after the spirit. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord, for saving our souls. Thank you, Lord, for making us whole. Thank you, Lord, for giving to us thy great salvation so full and so free. Thank you, Lord, for your substitutionary death. Thank you, Lord. Amen. Thank you for listening to today's message. We are always encouraged to know how God is working through this ministry to touch lives. If you have a story to share of how God is working in your life, please let us know by sending an email at podcast at savinggracesda.org. As the Holy Spirit impresses you, you may also support this ministry financially by visiting savinggracesda.org.